You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. The Vikings won the division a season ago, but then they lost in the wild card round of the playoffs. How can they make a deeper run this year than last? We've always talked about immense amount of talent that they, they've had on the roster and not being able to put it all together. Brad Flores should help. He's a one-gap guy. He wants to get up the field. He wants to pressure the quarterback. He wants to call blitzes at opportunistic times. And he wants to create and dictate on, a, on, on from a defensive standpoint as opposed to waiting to see what's going to happen and then we make adjustments. So hopefully that helps out. If they play a little inkling of defense, they may have a shot at this division. And dictate. football. Put it on a shirt. Mm-hmm. Wants to move up the field too. You know, I always talk about marching down the field on offense, but on defense, you want to move up the field, up the field, push back, the field. push back at the offense. Mm-hmm. It's an attitude, man. It's an attitude. That's where you start. That's where you start. And we t- talked about that extensively. And I, I have to admit, I'm very excited to see this defense when the season starts. Yeah. So Judd, uh, Judd brought. Not just uh, his old notebook full of notes, his actual phone full of notes for the first time on Purple Daily yesterday, which you can find. We're going to get into a couple things Vikings-related from the NFL League meetings that are taking place. And, Egan, just so you know, the show is kind of reeling right now. Judd's figuring out notes technology on his phone for the first time. Declan still doesn't have internet at his new place. He's been fighting with two different internet companies and management. And so, you know, we're just trying to grind through the day here. On Minnesota sports with Mackie and Judd. Speaking I feel like of Declan needs to take his frus- needs to take his frustration out on somebody here. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we'll we'll see kind of what happens throughout the show if something triggers my uh, my insane father impatient like frustration that has been boiling over. I, I have not uh, I have not put it out on the dog. I've not put it out on on my fiance yet. But I have been I was I was fuming at about five thirty p.m. yesterday. It's going to come out sideways upset. at Judd. I predict, write this down, it's going to come out sideways at Judd at some point. The dog should be fine. I wouldn't say the dog's in any. I mean, No, it, not it, when there's the sideways eggs coming out. No, no one is safe. It could, uh-uh. be so, it could be a stranger in the... It uh-uh. could be someone from my talk radio in the hallway yeah. over the If, if Holly Roberts has the audacity to say something about Xfinity Internet, well. you know, I'm just going to explode. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Stop looking at me. <laughs> so... Some interesting things coming out of the NFL owners meetings in Egan. So are they, so what's happening? Is it all is it all the owners? Like who's in town yeah. here from the NFL? Goodell's in town. Yes. And so they they have their big thing is in March, right? And a bunch of like people from around the country, media and stuff, go to that, and that's where the competition committees talk. So like that's their big shindig. Almost always done, of course. Well, not almost always done in a gorgeous, gorgeous locale, you know, somewhere in Florida or California. This one's the spring one. I think it's two days and they're done. It's just like formality stuff. They they go through things that were introduced for rule changes in March. And like sometimes if they didn't pass them, then they'll pass them now. 
But this is the one that can be held in, let's just say, you know, a colder climb because it's springtime. It's getting to be summer. So, yeah, I, in fact, I think this whole thing was conducted um, at the hotel across from TCL. So they're all staying at the Viking, whatever that thing is. Yeah. What's it called? The Viking something hotel. Viking Lakes. Lakes. Is that yeah. right? Lakes. That's where. Yeah. So Jerry Jones is just staying yeah. on like the third floor of I've heard well, it's and he's got Viking his, Lake. And he's got his plane, you know, so his plane is prepared to leave, I'm sure, immediately from. from Flying the, Cloud, probably, right? No, they all fly signature. in. They all fly into Signature. Yeah, that's what they do. I, I remember the day of the Super Bowl because the transportation for us was to go from the Mall of America uh, to to the stadium. And I remember driving down Fort 94 to go park at the mall and seeing all of these just beautiful <laughs> small jets flying into Signature. They're baby. gassed up. They're ready and to And then they got right out post-game. Those people weren't sticking around. Have you? I have flown private one time. By the way, we're going to get to the, the question of the show here is, <laughs> is Kene Wangwu screwed based on some of the new rules? Are they going to yeah. cut Kane Wangwu, maybe the best kick returner in the NFL, which we will get to? I have flown private once in my life, mm-hmm. and it was the most glorious travel experience. It was just like part of a part of a work conglomerate. I was one of like fifteen people that just like we had to get from point A to point B, and there were some rich people that were guiding this trip. And uh, I didn't realize like you you just carry your bag in. You don't, there's, there's no like security really or anything because it's your own vehicle that you're flying. (laughs) You're supposedly known. So it's not like some dude that's got, got to go through this whole like pat down and stuff. Cause I did it once. So before the 2000 and was it eight or nine season, I did a story on, on the Wilfs and Ziggy at the time in, particular because mark had a voice then but not nearly what mark has now when you're the lead vikings beat writer for the star tribune you get to fly private once in a while (laughs) and the agreement and and the agreement was that he would take me they they were going down to cedar rapids to fly in to the airport there to drive to iowa city to meet the greenways because i think that that there had been flooding or something and so they were going to make a (laughs) big contribution and of course you know chad and his wife were there so it was me, Ziggy, might have been Lester Bagley. It was like four or five of us. And you are right, dude. I I basically pulled into a parking space, walked through a really nice, you know, for lack of a better term, house or shed. I mean, just not a, a little thing. It it's like you're in a really small town. Walked onto the tarmac, walked up the stairs. It was lo- the rich fly like we drive. And then, like when you're on the plane, it's like you're just hanging out in a living room. Yeah. yeah, and there's just beverages available, and dude, the flight—I think the flight was like an hour and forty-five minutes or something for me. I was so sad when it landed. Yeah, yep. I bet. I was like, can I? Can we just like go somewhere else? Can we just, just, just keep going? Let's just go, go to the coast. I don't know. I just want to hang as, out here uh, for the for the day. As someone who has watched a ton of Entourage and then also Succession on HBO, and just like, <laughs> and I swear, if you probably break down the pie chart. I would bet like twenty percent of the runtime on that show is them on jet, like private jets, private jets. <laughs> and uh, the PJs. I believe is how they call them on Succession. Wow. They literally just refer them as the PJs. I've never flown private. Uh, I've done first class once, and that almost ruined me because like once you do first class, even it's hard it's to go back. Too, it's yeah. it's I, tough yeah. to go back to the slums. It really is, especially the middle seat. Mm. You're just like oh, I'm in E. Oh, I'm in twenty eight E yeah. today. It's like a three and a half hour Ugh. flight. Just I just yeah. want to die. Yeah, the 
the best part of my experience was about, and this of course was a very short flight. It, I think it was less than an hour, but about halfway through the flight, Ziggy got up and grabbed the tray of cold cuts from the, the holding place. It's like, you want something? Of course, of course there's cold cuts on private yeah. jet. It's like, you want yeah. something? I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll take something. <laughs> I'm right. I want some brie. Yeah. And some brie and some uh, prosciutto. Okay. Is Kane Wangu expendable because of what the NFL is doing in 2023? So here's the gist of what came down yesterday from Kevin Seifert, your former colleague, currently covers the Vikings and NFL rules and officiating at ESPN.com. So for this season only, for now, they're going to talk about it again next year. A fair catch can be called on a kickoff anywhere. You you can call a fair catch in the end zone. Well, you can just let it roll through like always. You can call a fair catch at the 10, the 15. All of it brings the ball back to the 25-yard line. So it's like college football now, or like these pop-up kicks now that are happening in the NFL right. as a way to subvert you know, the, some of the recent kickoff rules. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pop the kick up, make him field it at the five, and then tackle him. Right? That can just be a fair catch now. The pop up kicks, concussion rates on kickoffs have surged over the past two seasons to nearly twice as high as the average offensive or defensive play, despite previous tweaks to the kickoff. Quote from Roger Goodell: The data is very clear about the higher rate of injury on kickoffs. We've been talking about it for several years. We have not made a lot of progress on this play. This was a step that we think was appropriate to address the issue. And then Jeff Miller, who he's the NFL's executive vice president of communications, public affairs, and policy. Cool. Like fitting all that on a business. Don't forget policy. The vice president of communications, public affairs, and policy. He says the league estimates returns will drop from 38% of kicks being returned to 31%. But as a result, concussions should drop by 15% is what they estimate. So, Kane Wangu has three kick return touchdowns over the past two seasons. They might look at him at this point and say, all right, well, gosh, I mean, so in his career, he averages fewer than two returns per game, despite being a great kick returner. He touched the ball 81 times in his first two seasons, including a couple handoffs, a couple, I think he caught a couple passes, and then the kick returns is a guy who touched the ball 81 times in two seasons, most of them on a play that the NFL is trying to get rid of. Does that justify a roster spot? So here's my question, too. Nobody but Goodell wanted this. Like, the, the teams did not. This is, this, this is very reminiscent of the uh, 2010 r- rule change of um, mandatory at the time. It's now become more so, but mandatory two possessions unless the team scored a touchdown to open overtime on their first possession. Okay. At the league meetings that March, Roger Goodell showed up and was bound and determined to get that rule passed among the teams that had no interest in that rule were the Vikings who had just got beaten because they didn't get a possession while the league coaches were on the golf course at their annual golf thing, getting absolutely schnockered. Oh yeah. Goodell got the owners together and passed the rule through so that the coaches coming off the golf course were told, Hey, Roger got it through. See you later. Um, This reminds me of the same exact thing. And so here's my question. Are teams going to, because I don't think we're going to see a ton of fair catches like at the five or 10. Like, I don't think, I think there's going to be pushback here. Um, So, Kane Wangwu, for instance, 
if you're going to pop the ball up, you know, let's say t- to the five or seven. Yeah. Is he going to fair catch it? My answer is probably hell no. Now, if it's in the end zone and if teams now just say, screw it, we're going to just concede and kick it into or through the end zone, then he would be in trouble. But I think we're going to see from special teamers a real pushback here. And I think that we might see more pop-up kicks and say, because I, I don't think you're going to see a, a large amount of guys say, oh, screw it. You know, we'll take the ball at yeah. 25. It's different if you catch it eight yards deep, right? But, like, if I'm going to give it to you at the 5 or the 10, so my question is, what's the strategy going to be on the kickoffs themselves? Because I think that's going to dictate what we're going to see. And there's there's math involved here that I'm sure smart organizations are doing that we're not really going to be able to do on this show right now. But, well, you're the okay, math guy. no, I am a math guy, but. <laughs> Declan and I are out. Yeah, nope. Not on the fly here. But here's, like, here's how I would paint it. So Wang Wu has three touchdowns and then however many returns in which he gets to the 30 or the thir- like somewhere past the 25-yard line, right? Yep. Is the upside that he brings you, including the touchdowns, worth the times that he tries to make a play but gets tackled at the 18 or the 20 or the 21? You know, when you're, you're now guaranteed any kick in the air that goes past the 25-yard line, you are guaranteed to get the ball at the 25-yard line if you catch it fair catch or if you let it go through the back of the end zone right right so like that's a nice little safety blanket okay we don't have to start the shadow of our end zone we can start the 25 yard line and you know three passes later we're on the fringe of field goal range not the worst thing in the world is there enough value in having someone on your team that's trying to go beyond the 25 yard line twice per game or whatever it is and you know maybe he hits maybe he hits one home run he gets you gets you one touchdown right relative to like whoever else could be back there. Cause you're also, it's, it's not Kane Wang Wu or a mannequin that would replace him. It'd be like Kane Wang Wu or yeah. uh, Jalen Rager or somebody who could also score a touchdown, but can also do other things. He can catch passes. And this where, this is where like, I don't think you can just be a one. The NFL is trying to get rid of this play. I don't think you can just specialize in this play. And this, by the way, this applies to, in some cases, a special teams ace on the coverage side. Are there guys like, you know, previously Chris Boyd, for instance, that like that dude's probably never going to see the field unless there's an injury emergency as a cornerback, but he's in there on the coverage units. Now punts aren't going away. Right. That's a lot. Most punts are fair catches too. So as the NFL tries to fade kickoffs out, if you just specialize in kickoff returning or kickoff coverage, I think you need to branch out a little bit. Like if Kane Wangu could catch a pass on third down or if, if he was in line to be a third down back who touched the ball like six times a game or something, I'd say, yeah, awesome. And and he can return some kicks. But this is the one thing in two years across two different regimes. Two different regimes have looked at him and said, he's a kick returner. And we're sitting here like, well, yeah, but like, could you find creative ways to get him the ball? And the Mike Zimmer staff and the Kevin O'Connell staff have said so far, he's a kick returner. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. I think he's incredibly expendable at this point, especially if he's not going to be in the offense. He had 18 snaps in the Vikings offense last year. Now, with the absence of Dalvin Cook, does that open something up? Maybe, and we'll figure that out in OTA's training camp, but now with Dwayne McBride drafted, obviously with Alexander Madison being basically RB1, um, they, I think he's just logjammed here, and if his only ace is special teams play, and he did log a ton of special teams snaps, I mean these roster spots are very limited. So I, I think he's incredibly expendable unless you can figure out a way to get on the offense more. 
Like if it came down to, if it was like, okay, we can either just, we've got five or six receivers on the roster and we've got, we got three running backs we like. And Wong was kind of the, he's the kick returner guy. We could say goodbye to him and keep Andre Carter, the undrafted edge rusher from army or Ivan pace, the undrafted linebacker from Cincinnati. If it comes down to that type of roster crunch, I don't know that you can keep Wong with or without this change, I, like he's going to have to fight. Like he he would have to. Like you can't kickoff returns. I don't care what they're considered now with this rule or without. Um, he was going to have to, and will have to fight for a, a roster spot because you know if they keep Madison, which they're going to Chandler McBride's now a threat. So what I don't understand is, for the love of God, why doesn't the league just kill this play? Yeah, like well, they're trying. They're, they're, they're the trying league to. wants to. The teams, no, I know. the teams are the they're the but pushback, Roger, right? But but Goodell's the guy. I mean, Goodell has the power. At the end of the day, he has shown it. He has the power. Like they are. This is such a passive aggressive torture of a rule they don't want. Just say, you know what? We're going to have and me. The two the two things I don't get, and you can you can justify them based on injuries. Why don't we have a new form? Fourth and fifteen for onside kicks. Yeah, they they killed that killed again, that again. Too. and and do something with. It. But I mean, those are two plays where there is a justification. Their research, I'm assuming it's not a lie, accurately shows that there are injury concerns and that they are based on concussions. And the league is always under yeah. fire for concussions. So why don't we find a way instead of this slowly, you know, slow but surely? Well, the onside kick still exists. Yeah, it does, but it sucks. You know. <laughs> Well, so I think what's going to happen because it is headed in this direction with for sure the kickoff, the, the onside kick is so so anticlimactic, right? Yeah, you know that's why it, the NBA kind of nailed it with if you if you have if you save a timeout, even if there's point four seconds left, you can call a timeout and get the ball at half court and get a shot off, and it's like it makes the game more fun at the end. The NFL could make the game even if percentage wise, like if you align if you aligned the fourth and blank with a low percentage chance that equates with an onside kick recovery. Mm-hmm. You, know, uh, you know, let's say fourth and 18 is the 12% make rate that an onside kick is or whatever it is. It still feels like there's a, sh- a shot, right? Onside kick, you feel like, oh, what crazy thing is going to have to happen here for there's no chance, especially with the rule change now that you can't get a running start. Like everyone has to start on the same line. So, but I think what's going to happen is they're going to change this kickoff rule for one year. The fair catch is going to be put in. They're going to see a 15 to 20% decrease in concussions. They're going to come back to the table next year and be like, hey, look, we all like this, right? The game is safer. We're getting rid of concussions. Not that many people are complaining. And they're going to go from that. One more note on Kane Wangwu. Why can't he return punts? He's never returned a punt as a Viking. Can't Very, it, It's a different skill set, though, because the ball well, learn, is... Learn it, dude. Do you want to stay in the league? I'm just telling you, there, there's a big thing because the punts spiral down and, and the kicks go end over end, and it's seen as – I have not seen a lot of – Dude, my your only job. Team, just, like, practice it with a drugs machine a hundred times a well, day. I don't know. But the other, but the other problem with punts, punt returns, too, and, and, I mean, yes, if you're talking about a guy like Devin Hester, okay, he was just beyond skilled and great at, at – but if you think about it, we have not seen, in my recollection, a lot of Vikings players who have returned both. You know, Bobby Wade was a skilled, he would catch yeah. the ball and secure yeah. it. Marcus, Marcus Sherrills, who was, you know, I think one of the best punt returners I have covered yeah. as a Viking, d- 
didn't return kicks, right? So is it more it about is, is it more about the catching? Because I, I would think that you should be able to with enough practice learn how to catch the different end over inverse bar. Is it it's more of a skill set of once you catch it, there's like a there's just a short burst, well, small area quickness that you need as a punt returner that you don't need as a kick returner. I think what you're afraid of too is that the punt returner has to be damn sure. Like a kickoff return, uh, unless the ball gets punched during your return, you're probably not going to fumble it, right? Or muff it. And if you do muff a kickoff, you got time to recover it. Um, if you muff a punt, you are in trouble. And guys are on you so quick too. No. So I so I think that there's a there's probably a concern, and it might be unjustified, but with Kane is that he would try to do too much. And if you fumble a punt, I mean, we, we've seen this. You are in huge trouble. It's not, you know, so I, I think, think that's like, part of why. If he also was a punt returner, I would say, cool, he's got all those things covered. Even if the NFL is trying to get rid of kick returns, he's on the team. The fact that he doesn't return punts makes it probably just a little bit yeah. tougher for him. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Another thing the NFL, is this is this finalized, by the way? So the NFL apparently is going to hold the NFL draft in 2025 in two years in Green Bay. Yeah, it's done. Done deal. Lambeau, Titletown. How many yeah, hotels are good, in good, Green Bay? Right. Are we going to need another Super 8 somewhere? Like, oh, there's going to be, they're, they're going to be staying to, to Wausau and beyond. Wausau no, morning. there's there's hotels, but there's not a lot. And there's hotels in, in Appleton but there's not a lot there. So no, it's going to be, how, how about this? They come to our town, these rich, arrogant, smug SOBs. They come to our town where I thought we were going to beat them up to get that draft. Yeah. Like I thought the whole thing would be like, you're in Minneapolis. Let's make the announcement. It's going to be Wouldn't great. It make more sense to put it in Minneapolis yes. than green Bay. Just for, for every, or was it so cold during the well, Super Bowl that we're just, Oh, we can never take an event back to Minnesota. I think that might be part of it. Oh, no, no. But I, I think the fact that you can, because Green Bay being a football mecca, I think what they're going to say is you can't get like a Super Bowl there, but we're going to have the draft there. But here's what I think the key is, really. And it's pretty clear. The league is after the television show. So, because it'll look good on TV, right? Lambeau Field, Green Bay, they'll show the Lombardi, you know, Lombardi statue. They'll Dude. they'll be showing Green Bay and people there will be schnockered beyond belief. It'll make for a good TV show. And everything this league does now is based on that. Wrong, right or wrong, right? Everything they do is based on how do we package it for television. You know, I, I keep thinking hotel rooms, but there's enough residential homes in the area, Airbnb. Verbo, I am immediately prepped for starting right now. If I live a couple blocks down from, if I live in Door You're County like, come on, on the in. waterfront, you know, about two, two, $3,000 a night for the Jared Jones family. And we will also arrange private transportation for you. Uh, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of Packer fans making a lot of money off people traveling in to watch that thing. But it's kind of funny that even if you go cover a game, you've covered enough games as a former beat writer. How far away is Appleton from Green Bay? 40 minutes. For, so for, so it's very common for even just for a normal game 
Vikings and Packers. There's not enough hotels in Green Bay that working media has to stay 45 minutes away. This is the NFL draft. People are going to be people are going to be staying in Chicago. Like they're going to be. Is there a private jet airport in Green Bay? Um, Would it make I, sense to to stay in Chicago if you're some of these people, and then like Austin, fly private into Austin Straubel is their airport? And I I know that at one point in time in the last I don't know thirty years or so they actually had to put in a bigger <laughs> runway for the Packers plane. Because the the planes like kept growing, the, runway. the planes kept growing inside. Well, don't don't you recall? I think when when the Vikings flew into Appleton in like I don't know 2014 That's or something, right. the plane right. slid off the runway right. and they were stuck in the plane. I'm trapped. telling you, man, this is all about the TV show. This is this is going to look good on TV because yes, logistically, I think it's going to be a nightmare if you're like trying to stay there and and Wausau. Ain't exactly close, and I know a lot of people that have covered Packers games who have had to stay in Wausau. It's like two hours away, right? It's probably an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, Madison. You stay in Madison, I guess. Mil- I mean, Milwaukee. What's Milwaukee like? Well, an hour, hour and a half. You stay in Milwaukee. You might be right about Chicago. Like you could fly out private from Chicago, fly into Green Bay, and then leave. My my guess is that the the um, network types. Will not be all staying in Green Bay. They're not going to be staying in the Motel Six down the Rich street. Rich Eisen will be scurried in and out, and probably never <laughs> spend re- a night there. The Red Roof Inn or whatever. God, whatever else. They got existed. a Cambria now, across the across the way. Nice little boutique hotel there. But yeah, okay. it's it is well. I, I mean, the, the last thing that they passed on the same day as they uh, decided to put the twenty five draft in Green Bay was. 28-day notice starting in, what, week 13 now? Thursday night football can be flexed. But you got to give them 28 days. That's Is that fair, do you think, 28? I mean, it's one thing for, from a fan perspective. It's one thing to be flexing no. from a Sunday to a Monday or a Sunday night. I don't think it's fair to fans, but to fans who are going to sit down on their couch and watch it, hell yeah, it's great. Yeah. But, I mean, if you buy yeah. tickets right now, and I mean, 28 days, you've got your tickets. And I'm guessing that they're not refundable at that point. And I think like, sometimes when you get these complaints about fans, and I, and I do agree, at, at some point, maybe Mark Cuban was right 10 years ago when he said pigs get fat, hogs get sl- slaughtered or whatever. <laughs> but there are millions of people watching on TV versus sixty to 70,000 fans in the stadium. So you're going to cater to the TV audience. You're going to put the best product out on a Thursday, a Sunday, a Monday. If you can swap a game out that's better for the millions of fans that are watching, you're you're probably going to make that decision. And my, my guess is that what they're going to do is it's going to go from like week 13 or 14, 28 days, and gradually it's going to be like 15 days, it's and we're going to start it in week 11. But the thing here is, so the, the Thursday night package is the Amazon streaming package. That thing is going to jump in price now. Because if you're going to give them flexibility, like everything that they do is an eye towards how can we increase the amount that we'll, we'll get in our next contract? Even if the current contracts are just starting, yeah, I, I'm I am waiting anxiously for streaming Tuesday night football. I, I think that's next. That's a hogs get slaughtered thing, right? Dude, let's I, leave, let's leave Tuesday to action. Let's let the Mac have Tuesday you and night. I, you and I agreed about the Cuban statement on the radio show ten years ago, and and we're like, this is a brilliant thing. Like, it's a very smart smart take on things. But my God, Phil, they've just kept going. But part of the, this is where they need to just at some point calm down on this stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because 
one of the biggest draws to the NFL, I think from a fan perspective, is the waiting between games. That it, it, it kind of pisses you off because, oh, my God, my favorite team just got done playing, and now I have to wait seven more days and a work week. But that's what also makes it so powerful. The anticipation of the games. The NFL is built off anticipation of games. And so if you're giving people something every single night, I think it dilutes from the product. And you've already oh, yeah. you got half the week covered right now. Like in December, you've got Thursday games, Saturday games, Sunday, Monday, you got four out of seven days. I don't think we need to take over a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. Let's just let's draw a line somewhere. When they decided to go with the to again attack, and I don't blame them totally, college football and go with the with the Black Friday game, I decided we're in for Tuesday nights at some point. It's the yeah, it's the first time that they've like I mean black you're really like like Christmas I sort of get I get Christmas right Thanksgiving you own and it's been great but when you're going Black Friday now yeah but I, the NFL might say listen college football doesn't own Fridays high school fo- they've tried to stay away from high school football yeah and high school football is mostly over by then right the state turn the state championships kind of are, are done around Thanksgiving isn't like that weekend or maybe I'm wrong isn't that the weekend where some of the like is the prep bowl Thanksgiving weekend. It has been, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. typically. So yep. maybe they are stomping on the I'm telling you, dude, they don't care. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care. They're, they're, they're the jolly green giant, man. They're just going around with those big feet, stepping on anyone in their way. So uh, in a second here, Judd has a random. This is the first time Judd has ever prepared a random Viking or a random Minnesota athlete of nervous. the week. Very nice. So we're going to do that here. But, you know, I think if you're in the Twin Cities area and you're looking to prep your home in 2025, to be much more glamorous for for rich people to stay in like an Airbnb. Maybe Finch Home Solutions can help you with that. I don't know. Absolutely, dude. Look at that truck right right there. <laughs> Cody and his team do a fantastic job. I, heck, you know what? I have firsthand experience because I know you're going to be shocked to find out that Judd can't fix a thing. And if it's electrical, he has absolutely no chance. There, there were the lights in my basement were out. The laundry room, I couldn't see a damn thing. I called Finch. Guess what? They came out fast, efficient, and courteous. And they were uh, done in no time, did a fantastic job. And now that is a bright room where I can see everything I put in the washer and dryer. I absolutely love that. Finch can do a ton of work, installation, repair, uh, services beyond that. You know what? It's that time of year. Storm damage. Let's say you got some outdoor lights or something. They get hit by lightning. I don't know. I hope not. But if they do... Finch is going to come out and fix it in no time. They do great work. 612-357-2604, finchhomesolutions.com. Finchhomesolutions.com. They love PD and so do you. So I want to connect you for the next electrical repair, finchhomesolutions.com. just want to be clear. Judd called Finch Home Solutions to change a light bulb, it sounds like. I just want to put that out there. It was those uh, fluorescent lights, and they went out, and I couldn't fix them. I bought new ones to change them. Still didn't work, and I was told it was the when Finch came out. I was the told flux it was capacitor, the, the 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 ballast, the ballast. That sounds about like, right to sure. me. Yep. I don't yep. know you what be it careful was. With the ballast, but Cody plate. and his team know exactly why. That's why you should call Finch Home Solutions. It's right that. next to the phalange. Yep, gotta be careful. He told me he's like, yeah, the ballast is. I'm like, okay, dude, great. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I know the Twins are struggling, but there's some fun teams coming. So the, the Giants today, it's an afternoon game, so you're probably consuming this after that game. But Toronto always brings a party. Toronto Tor- Toronto kind of packs Target Field. Best traveling fan up. base easily at the Target Field. Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. That's why. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like Manitoba their national... fans come down. They yeah. scored twenty runs last night, gentlemen. Yeah, they got they got some bats. Twins bats might need to wake up, but twins.com slash tickets. Uh, you got the Monday through Thursday meal deals all season long. Twins.com slash tickets if you want to watch one of the best starting rotations in the league. And uh, don't forget, to every Monday on this show, it's our State of the Twins where we absolutely jinxed Bailey Ober the other day. Twins.com slash tickets for your single-game tickets. All right, it's time for a random Minnesota Athlete of the Week. And this is the first time. So it's, I think this is the fourth time we've done this particular. So we've... Yep. We've been doing Random Viking of the Week for about two years on Purple Daily. And uh, by popular demand, we've now done five random Minnesota athletes. Anthony Swarzak, Kyle Brodziak, Brent Burns, Randy Foy, and Mike Redmond. Judd has a three-to-one-to-one lead on Dex and myself. But this is the first time you've delivered the clues. Old school, not on my phone, but rather on a real notepad, okay, boys? Love it. So Judd's going to throw out a series of clues. We get up to three incorrect guesses each before we are eliminated. Mm-hmm. We can ask Judd questions, but my guess is if it's not on that notepad, he's probably not going to answer. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And and today's team of choice is the aforementioned, your Minnesota Twins. Hey, Twins fans. Well, now here comes the manager, Rocco Baldelli. Anyway. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> yeah, that's why I was going to say, boo! Yeah, you know what? Buy tickets, you got the right them. to do what you want. You got the right to do what you want if you buy tickets. Yeah, or or you don't. I'm not quite sure. After seeing Twitter last night, I think I think we might be, I think it might be bad form to boo or express any a dissenting opinion about Dude, the it, there's like a weird I, twins I was pissed fan off last night. gatekeeper... Media, that, how dare you be upset with this franchise? This team was this team was not supposed to be a ninety win team this year. Well, it's like, well, but who? Okay, but that, whose fault is that? Like, why not? It's the it, seventh year of the regime. They got Carlos Correa. They got all it these guys. Spills into our business too, which really gets me. The, the, the sort of fan, the fans. I, you know what? That's fine. Like, if you're just a fan, but people in our business are not supposed to be so blinded by their. I don't know what loyalty. That's what that just pisses me off. You know, yeah, you don't need to protect this franchise. It's a listen. This, it's a professional franchise worth billion, a couple billion dollars, probably. Okay, the the ownership is worth billions of dollars. We don't need to put a protective coating around right. a team that hasn't won a playoff well, game in twenty years. And when people are like, "It's a long season," back <laughs> off, blah blah blah. Here's my here here's my complaint. You you want you want fans to care. You don't want fans not to care. It's right. time for the random, the random <laughs> twin of the week here. Here right. it is. Declan's going to kill us. Clue number one. <laughs> Clue number one, Declan. Pay attention. This former twin was born in Gulfport, Mississippi. Is it uh, Josh Willingham? You can buzz yourself. I, I don't have a buzzer. Okay, I'm going to be aggressive here. Okay. All right, so Phil and Declan, and I'll keep track. Phil has one incorrect. Okay, this former twin, his brother played pro baseball, and he was the team's bat boy. Wait, At the pro level in the minor leagues, he played his, in fact, I will tell you, his brother played when he was, when this, when the twin was young. He played in the Mets farm system, and his and he served as the bat boy for his brother's minor league team in the Mets system. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. 
Okay. Clue number three. He was drafted in the 13th round of the 1991 amateur draft as a second baseman. Okay. Yes, now we're Phil cooking. or no? Now we're cooking. Okay. So, Clue number four. Uh, oh, okay. All right. I just trying uh, to get through this. Uh, uh, I don't no, know. no, no, we don't need to go. We don't need to fly through it. We don't need to fly. Okay, through. I mean, I don't. I don't want to upset Declan. He's on the verge of blowing up, and I don't want. I don't want that smoke. Uh, or <clears throat> okay. Um. So then the means mm-hmm. probably debuted around there. Probably okay. I'm going to tell you that next. By the way, okay. Clue number four. He made his major league debut in 1995. I was going to say probably debuted around 95. With the twins? Boom. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, Declan. And his debut with the so twins. He debuted, he debuted with, with the, the twins. twins. Okay. Yep. All right. Clue number five. He played 12 years in the big leagues with seven teams. Okay, hold on. Yep. Ah. Uh... That's a real obscure time in Twins territory there that you, you you plopped his debut right in the middle of, like, an obscure period. The, decli- the decline of twin civilization. I don't even think we were calling it Twins territory at the time. I think we were just calling it horse crap. Okay. <sighs> but you said 13th round. 13th round. 12 years, seven teams. I have a guess, but I don't think he was a 13th rounder. I think he was higher than that, so I'm not going to. You're not going to. I don't, I don't want to burn. I don't want to burn a guess. All right. okay. I was, wait, 12, but 12 years and. <sighs> okay. Seven teams, going. 12 years. Next All right. Guess. Next clue. No. Next clue. He played more than 100 games throughout his career with three teams. So he was, pri- and the Twins is are one of those teams. Mm-hmm. It's a so he was guess. with seven teams. He played more than 100 games with three teams. Stop me if you want to guess, or I will okay. just keep going. That's great. Judd's doing a good job with these clues. I had a lot of work on this one, too. He hit 72 of his 138 career home runs with the Twins. 78? Yep. Nope. He 72. Hit 72 of 100. Right. So he had 138 career home runs spread out with those seven teams I gave, or I told you about, but 72 came in, in Minnesota, or take with it, Minnesota. I'll take a guess. Got it. All right. Here, Dex guessers. Is it Marty Cordova? It is not Marty Cordova. Oh God. He did debut in 1995. I had not thought of him, but he was an outfielder. Okay, I'm trying. To, the, the, the drafted as a second baseman thing is throwing me off a little bit here, but there is a, like you get drafted up the middle. You get drafted as a center fielder, a shortstop. Sometimes a catcher, yep. maybe some second yep. base is not quite in that category, and sometimes you fan out to other positions. And so I'm going to guess Ron Coomer. Oh, that's a great guess. Incorrect. Da. Ah! Speaking of Coom Dog, 
This gentleman was a two-time All-Star in his career, once as a twin. So that does align with your guess, because Coomdog, through the grace of the what? good Lord Jesus Christ, See, if you would have given, and if you would have given me that clue, I would have guessed Coomdog again. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean that, as I said, it's uh, by the grace of God, Coomdog in Fenway Park was the Twins' representative. But this guy was a two-time All-Star in his career, and once one of those came with the Twins. So he made his debut in '95 with the Twins. He and was then he became... out by '07. Well, maybe. That's not necessarily true. Because he could have gotten a cup of coffee. Could have gotten a cup of coffee and then made his... The bulk of his games could have been played between like 97, 98, 99. And that's a real cesspool of... Mm-hmm. But he was an all-star with the Twins. Take another, put, I'll, so take another putting, guess. I'll take another guess. Matt yep. Lawton? That's a really good one. Declan Goff gets yeah. it right. There it is. God dang it. That's great. Mm. I was trying to think. Nice job, Declan. Good God. That's right in my wheelhouse, too. I drafted as a second baseman. I think I was drafted. Really? He was drafted as a second baseman. I did some research. And I was on it, and they, sometimes they fan you out to other I knew positions. That would, and I knew that, that that would throw you off because I did not have any idea of that. Okay, can I give you the name that I, I just I thought it was maybe Todd Walker? Yep, that's, that's a good. good one. But he was not yeah, he was a first round pick. I thought I thought he was a first round pick. He was an all star, right? He was never an all star. But he did play for seven teams. Did in uh in twelve years. Twelve years. Okay. That yeah. And he hit a hundred and seven career home runs. So wow. didn't Lawton get uh pop for PEDs? Yes, yeah, in did. fact, uh, he was suspended for steroids. That's in my notes here after he left the Twins. I think it was yeah. 2005. It might have been with Cleveland. And oh, I think he was an all and I think he was an all-star with Cle- Cleveland. I didn't I had forgotten this. So he got traded in at the deadline in what 01 to the Mets. He finished out 01 with the Mets and then left. Yeah. I thought he had played a few years for the Mets, but he really didn't play long for them at, at all and the Twins of course got Rick Reed who got Hammered by Jim Tomey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dex is on the board again. Three for Judd, two for Dex, one for Old Macadac, the random Minnesota athlete of the week. And uh, I think we might have to maybe throw Judd in the fire on random Viking of the week, too. Let's we, Maybe we should reset the, the oh, standings fine. or something. Going I enjoy doing and it. See if we can go. All I right. love like trying to find uh, – because I couldn't go too old school. So I was trying to go just right in – basically in your – wheelhouse phil and then declan i thought would probably know it too so no i was definitely the favorite to win that one and declan's oh yeah well matt lawton great great job by declan big part of your childhood right i know he was you're about 10 years old or something anyway all right we gotta go we got write that down predictions on uh, another chunk of minnesota sports with mackie and judd and also on purple daily thanks for hanging